Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? On this I'm good, Adam. Day? Yes, happy election day. Hopefully everyone went out and did their civic duty. Um, yeah, it's going to be a crazy, crazy night. And I think by the time that people uh, get around to listening to this podcast, it will be Wednesday, November 4th. And we will at least maybe, maybe have a clue as to what the hell happened. Yeah, man, it made, you made it seem like like we're all going to be going out, getting like plastered. And it's like you wake up the next morning like, what the fuck happened? What's going on? <laughs> well, I got news for you. I think... Uh, what we watched tonight in terms of election, no matter who you uh, voted for today. Well, we could see how Abby feels about the election. I'll break, I'll break the fourth wall here. We know how Abby break, feels about the election. I would say that no matter who you voted for, whether you voted for person A or person B, we will not mention either of their names on this podcast uh, for the sake of this is not a political podcast, but – because it is today, I think what we are about to see tonight is going to be the, the most prime example possibly in our lifetime and maybe maybe what we will experience in our lifetime, quite honestly, of the biggest shit show that we are ever going to see in any form of life whatsoever. I think that what happens Tuesday night is going to be a fucking nightmare. Well, you're probably right. Just because of all the moving parts and how this is so un- unconventional and the fact that of the matter is that we won't even know who, because basically four years ago, I went to bed very depressed after hearing, after listening, hearing the results, but at least I knew before I went to bed at this point, And that was at like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock. But this, you're not going to know within a couple of days. So it just makes it a bit, a bit weirder. See, I think that, again, we're going down a very, very bad rabbit hole, but we'll go down it briefly. I think if it's a blowout either way, we'll know tonight. I think if there's certain states that go in certain directions, we'll know tonight. But I think if it comes down to, like most of the polls are saying, if it comes down to Pennsylvania being the state that decides the 2020 presidential election, we will not know who the winner is probably for days. Yeah. And well, then, I, you, then yeah. you start bringing lawyers into it and you start bringing in this whole legal fight that'll break out. And it's it's, it's going to be a, 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 just a complete mess. Well, the worst part about this, the worst thing that can happen for – our, our collective anxieties for this to be the closest election in years. That would be the worst, the worst thing. Because if it's a landslide either way, then it, there wouldn't be too much contention, I feel like. Yeah, I think that it would be better for the sake of both sides if there is a landslide. But I really hate to be the bearer of bad news. That it's probably not going to be that. I doubt it's going to be that. No, this is not uh, who the hell went against Reagan that year walter mondale yeah no it's not going to be like that 
no, no, this is not a Walter Mondale reign. This is as divided as this country has been since 1864. That is a statement that you not that you do not uh, make lightly, considering the events of 1864. And Correct. what happened? Correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, again, hopefully everyone did their civic duty. Hopefully, everyone uh, will be politically in tune tonight to uh, everything that happens, and um, hopefully, there is a fair outcome that every side can be happy with, regardless of what happens. Anyway, highly doubtful, but yeah, we no, can hope. That's that's very wishful thinking. Yes. Without further ado, let's go into this Monday night game. And uh, this game was close. This is really an interesting game to watch, like a fun game to watch. Um, first off, before you even move into fantasy, did you think that that was pass interference on two-point conversion? I mean, it would have been harsh. It would have been harsh to give it. I, I mean, I've, I've watched the play probably about 20 times. It's so bang, bang. I think when you're talking about a 50-50 ball like that, you have to give the benefit of the doubt to the receiver when the ball that's thrown is a good ball. The fact of the matter is, is that that ball was, that was thrown by Daniel Jones was not a good ball. It was behind Deion Lewis. If that ball is thrown three more inches to the right, and it's right in Deion Lewis's breadbasket, then it probably is a pass interference if Deion Lewis does not catch it. But the fact of the matter is the throw was behind Deion Lewis. He had to go back towards the ball and Antoine Winfield was trying to make a play on it. He was trying to make a football play. And there are people who say that his back, his head wasn't turned towards the ball and he was face shielding all that. But at the end of the day, it was a poor, it was a poor ball by Daniel Jones and you have to put your receiver in a position to potentially make a play. And he simply did not do that. I mean, it's not like like Antoine Winfield Jr. didn't ex he couldn't have expected that Deion Lewis is going to come back at him like that. I think he was thinking with the way the route was going. I guess he was thinking that Deion Lewis is going to go towards the uh, the right pylon, which he should have, which is should've. where the play was going. Yep, should have, and that's where the ball was going. So, like, this is one of those things where if that's pass interference, that sets a really dangerous precedent, in my opinion. Correct. I, I, I do agree with you. I also think that Daniel Jones just completely missed the throw. I think Daniel Jones was late on his read. That ball should have come out probably two, three seconds earlier. And Deion Lewis would have had a walk-in two-point conversion, and it would have been a tie. It would have been a tie game. But um, Daniel Jones missed the throw. And here we go, opening the, uh, the, uh, the can of worms again about whether or not Daniel Jones is the starter for the New York Giants and whether or not he is the guy that the Giants should be going for as their long-term option. Well, I think he's the starter. I don't think Joe Judge is going to bench him at all. No, 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 no. But, I, but there are definitely rumblings about, you know, where no matter where you read or listen, that the Gi that maybe the Giants don't think the that Daniel Jones is their guy. But I think... That I mean, obviously, they're not going to tell you publicly that Daniel Jones isn't the starter. The only way that you would know is if they get a really high draft pick and they pick a quarterback. I mean, that's that's as, as good an indication as any. Well, correct. And if there's a new regime, 
because I think whoever the new GM would be would probably want to pick his own guy since Daniel Jones was a Dave Gettleman guy. Yes. And Daniel Jones would have really no allegiance to the new regime that is in place. And the new, guy, the, the new guy that would come in, yeah, would have his pick at who his guy would be. And same thing with Joe Judge. I mean, Joe Judge inherited Daniel Jones. He did not draft Daniel Jones to be his guy. And the leash is definitely getting shorter and shorter when it comes to uh, Daniel Jones and what his long-term status is going to be for the New York Giants. And it just seems more apparent week by week that if the Giants are going to go places as a football team, that it just looks like it isn't going to be without Daniel Jones, um, which is a bit of a shame because he has shown flashes that he can be really good. But it's just simple mistakes that he makes over and over and over and over and over again that consistently plague him. Yeah, you're right, though. You're absolutely right. I mean, this is one of those things where it's just this is why it's weird. And someone say detrimental to have your coach and your GM on different timelines where you have uh, you fire. So you fire uh, Pat Shermer, but you keep Dave Gellerman. And Dave Gettleman hires um, Joe Judge. And then you potentially fire Dave Gettleman after this year. And then you bring in a new GM. I mean, do you think the new GM would want to bring in his new his own coach? Like it does it, it's so weird. I mean, it's dumb when the Jets did it, and it's dumb that the uh, that the Giants are in that same scenario. You know, I think that whomever the new guy is going to be will give Joe Judge an opportunity. Um but again, it also it also comes down. I think Adam made a good point that Joe Judge is not necessarily attached to whomever comes in as the replacement for Dave Gettleman, and the leash. Yeah, it's it's going to be shorter. But I got to be honest, I like what I've seen from from Joe Judge. I think he he's a really good coach. Uh, this defense is playing better than I think anybody could have really expected. Well, you're right, and, definitely. And the offensive line actually looked really good. Yeah, I, yeah, the offensive line actually looked good last night without Will Hernandez. I thought Shane Lemieux, uh, the left guard from Oregon, the rookie, looked actually very, very impressive. I thought Andrew Thomas had a really good game, and I think the offensive line as a whole just looked a little bit better than it has over the course of the season. But again, it's it's all it's all a maturation process. It's all a bunch of growing pains that have to happen with this Giants team to get them back to where they want to be, which is being a consistent playoff team and potentially going to Super Bowl. So um, I, I I have no issue, though, with you coming out, though, and saying that there should be questions about Joe Judge because of a potential regime change. But for me, I just think that Joe Judge is – he's the future of this of this football team. And I like I said, I think, I think he's a really, really good coach. Yeah. No, well, I mean, better coaches have been fired for for more – I feel like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you never know. It, I guess it also depends on who, who the Giants would bring in to replace Dave Gettleman, or even if David Gettleman gets fired after the season, which is not like a foregone conclusion at all. So, yeah. I think it is. I think it is. Me personally, I think the, uh, the Dave Gettleman – experiment is over for uh for the new york giants but uh the box let's, uh, let's actually talk some some fantasy for a change yeah this running back situation is a mess is it ever 
It's a mess. Is it ever? Rest of season, who would you rather own, Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones? How many more fumbles is Ronald Jones? I need to know Ronald Jones's fumbles throughout the rest of the season, and then I can make an informed decision. Would you like to know the Leonard Fournette injury number as well? Yeah. Fuck. And yeah, the funny thing is, like, Lashawn McCoy is still here. Is it? Or is he? Is he on IR? Is he just an, no. inactive? No, Lashawn McCoy. Lashawn McCoy is still hanging around. The this the Leonard Fournette drives signing, you nuts. Yeah, this Leonard Fournette signing. It looked good on paper, but as we're into the season, it just doesn't make any sense. No, it kind of reminds me of the Melvin Gordon signing in Denver. It has flashes of that. To a much lesser extent, yes, yes, because at least the the Bucks are actually a good team, right? Who have a good who have a good head coach. Right, where I think both of those running backs, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, are actually good. I don't know if Melvin Gordon is going to be the guy that is a $9 million running back. Like they're paying him to be versus Philip Lindsay, who they're paying pennies for, who looks like the more explosive back. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. For me, for me, I think I would rather have Ronald Jones rest of the season. Still, but it's, it's getting closer. I mean... Yeah, I guess I'd rather have Ronald Jones, but still, I, I don't know. If anything, you should just you should have both of them, regardless. Because if you're if you're invested in Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette, you got to have the other one, just in case something happens. Correct. Or, and you need yeah, just in case something happens, you need to plug one in. Um. Yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about in this? As far as this game is concerned, I mean, Mike Evans and Gronk once again had great games. Yep. Yeah, good games. This is one of those things where it's going to be very interesting once once Antonio Brown comes back, once Chris Galvin comes back, because it looks like this week. Mike, yeah, he might come back this week. This week. So, oh my goodness. This is going to be one of those things, man. Oh, yes, it is. And we'll be talking about that more on Friday. And. God, I'm dreading it. It's just so strange, honestly. That what is strange these days? I I know, I know. You're right. You're absolutely right. I know I am. But I just think it's it's strange that a team that's this good, like the Bucks, that they have such uncertainty throughout their entire roster. Where aside from Tom Brady, you just and and Gronk, probably as far as now is concerned, you just don't really know what you're going to be getting week to week from from the from the offense. Yeah, it's 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 inconsistent for sure. You know, you're going to have down weeks. You're going to have weeks where one guy pops off, the other guy doesn't. Yes, but I hope it's your guy that that pops off because this is this is going to be an offense that I think is going to be very unpredictable. They're going to continue to spread the ball out. I think Antonio Brown just adds more mess to an already very 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 murky situation. But I mean, I think you could trade for Antonio Brown. I think you can also trade Antonio Brown. So you know, I think that he's probably right now he's probably a guy I would hold. See how he does. Sunday night against the Saints, national TV, so everyone will be watching the game, see how he does. And, you know, if he looks good, 
then potentially you have something that you can trade. If you if he doesn't look good, then you hold him and you hope he does something before trade deadlines come around. I also want to point out too, as we are recording Tuesday at a quarter to four, trade deadline for the NFL is in 20 minutes. Uh, so if anything does break while we are recording the podcast, you of course will know about it. There is actually a trade that did go down. Um, a rare intra-division AFC East trade. Hey, listen, one just at, one happened last year. Well, there's another rare one between the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. Is Isaiah Ford, the wide receiver, that is going to the Patriots. And as of right now, there is still no movement on a Will Fuller trade from Houston to Green Bay. So they no have about – they have 19 minutes to uh, work out a deal if that is going to happen where Will Fuller goes to Green Bay and becomes the number two receiver to Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. That's crazy. If that if that happens, that would be a pretty solid addition. Would be. Packers. Yes, it would be. Yeah. But again, no, well, yeah. anything anything that happens, I will uh, we'll keep you informed. Yep. You know, the, uh, the Jets – Got uh, Demarius Thomas from the Patriots last year, actually. That's right. Yep. That's right. I that's forgot how, about that. That's how I know. I wouldn't I have known otherwise. That. Yeah. Uh, anyways, let's move on to uh, talking about quarterbacks here. Uh, some very interesting bye weeks. You have um, Philadelphia, who's on bye. You have Los Angeles, who is on bye. You have Cincinnati. Who is on by, and am I? And you have Cleveland, who is on by. Correct. So, those are quarterbacks. You have Joe Burrow, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz that you're going to be looking to replace. Correct. So, um, who are your top three waiver ads for this week? See, I'm looking actually at a couple guys that I think could be worthwhile waiver ads for just this week. Just because, honestly, there is not much on waiver wire that really inspires me at the quarterback position where I'm just looking to go out of my way to go and pick these guys up. But if I had to, of course, we're talking about guys that are under the 50% threshold. So guys like Derek Carr, who are at 61%. I like his matchup this week against the Chargers. Uh, If he's available, he's definitely worth a look. Teddy Bridgewater, who is just over that 50% threshold at 51.2% owned. He goes up against Kansas City. like that matchup a lot. Uh, Matthew Stafford, who's at uh, 65%. He's at Minnesota. That's a good matchup for him. Cam Newton, Monday night against the Jets. If he was dropped in your league uh, and you're a streamer, he could be a good add as well. But the guys that I'm looking at in terms of who I think could provide good value this week as streamers, if you are missing uh, a quarterback, let's start and talk about the number three guy on my list. And that actually is Kirk cousins. I can't, I cannot believe I'm saying it, but Kirk no cousins way. is my, is my number three ad for the week at home versus the Detroit lions. It should be a fine matchup for Kirk cousins to at least get a couple touchdowns 
in that game. So I, I'm going to ride with it. It's not one that I would really, you know, want to go and flock towards, but uh, Kirk Cousins, I think, could be a um, an interesting uh, start there. Number two, I am going with Nick Foles uh, going up against the Tennessee Titans on the road in Tennessee. Tennessee is middle of the pack in terms of how they defend against quarterbacks. So I'm looking at Nick Foles and I could see a guy that he struggled mightily, but I think there is something there and the Titans have been hot and cold when in terms of defending the pass. So I think it could be a, a game where Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, not Javon Wims could potentially have uh, have a nice have a nice day. And my, I think like like go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, this is a defense that was kind of like shredded by Joe Burrow with a makeshift offensive line. Sure. Sure. So true. Nick Foles is definitely a worthy add. And yeah, so so go go on. And then my number one ad of the week, I can't believe I'm gonna say it, but I am. It is Daniel Jones going up against the Washington football team. After all we said. After all we said about Daniel Jones, he, for me, is the number one stream of the week. If you uh, if you have him uh, available, I would be going up picking – I would be going and picking up Daniel Jones against the, uh, the Washington football team. And then another one that I think you can definitely go for, I'm just not sure about him as uh, as a talent, but – he did have a, a pretty nice game, three touchdowns last week, and that's Drew Locke going up against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. So Dome, pretty good conditions for him. Uh, that could be a matchup where if you're not sure about the other three, you could potentially go for Drew Locke there just because the matchup, I think, for Drew Locke is the best. But I think he's in the worst offense out of the guys we just talked about. All right, cool. Um, what about like Tua maybe against the uh, Arizona Cardinals? Eh, I want to see it first from Tua. I think he's a I think he's a worthwhile add, but in terms of a start, I'm not exactly sure. Okay, that works. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of it really. So let's move on to the running backs here. This is a this this situation going on over here. It's nuts these running backs uh you have a lot of injuries i mean basically the entire packers backfield is fucked because of the news where uh aj Dillon tested positive for COVID 19 aaron jones it's not looking like he's going to be playing on thursday and uh so and jamal williams is also out because he was a close contact with uh, AJ Dillon. So really it's going to be, is it going to be Tyler Irvin, I guess, and Dexter Williams for, uh, for Green Bay. It's going to be a mix of, of Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin. I would say though, that if I had to place my bet on one, it would be Tyler Irvin just because we have seen a lot more of him, but something to also consider when, when we're talking about Tyler Irvin, is he is also on the injury report and yeah, he's questionable. That's true. Right. With, with a wrist injury. So um, that is absolutely something to look at. And I'm looking at all these running backs, Aaron Jones, likely out Jamal Williams out AJ Dillon out Tyler Irvin questionable. The only healthy guy here is Dexter Williams. So 
I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how the Packers go and manage this. I still think that there is the possibility that they could just bring somebody in, maybe someone they promote from the practice squad that we are, uh, that we're not counting at this point in time. Capri Bibbs is on the practice squad. Potentially a Capri Bibbs. Yes. It's, it's interesting. I think that that's something, especially with an early game this week that you need to be on the lookout for. But for me, if I had to pick one of who I would be picking up, I would be picking up Dexter Williams. Well, I, just honestly, because he's healthy. Yeah. But if if um, if Tyler Irving is the guy where he's off the injury report and he's healthy and there's just nothing there with him, then yes, I think that Tyler Irving should be the guy considering we've seen more of him. But as of right now, I'm hedging my money towards Dexter, Dexter Williams. I mean, yeah. Also, it's worth noting the 49ers are the best team against the run as far as fantasy is concerned. True. So honestly, I probably wouldn't even be monitoring. I wouldn't even be looking in this direction anyway. But I just think it's worth mentioning. I see. I think it's worth it just because I'm looking at potentially the Packers winning this game. And if they do, then you're in a position where they're going to be running out the clock and you would want the Packers running back. That'll be running out the clock in the third, fourth quarter. So I think this is a situation where it's worth it. And I think if you're in a position where you're at dire straits at running back and you need to be going out and getting somebody and putting big fab on them, I would be cautious about doing it. But if you have to, I would say go for Dexter Williams and hope he's the guy. Yeah. Uh, who? So with that being said, who are your top ads as far as the running back position is concerned? So I have a question for you. Would you like me to include Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin, or should I make it not exclusive to them and mention other guys that are not named Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin? I think that you should mention everybody, other, other players, not Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin, because we literally just talked about them for the past 15 minutes. It seems right. like. Yeah. So they are, they are one, a one B. Who, who I would be going and throwing pretty big uh, dollars on. So keep that in mind. I won't mention them, but definitely, definitely go and throw big money on them. Um, my number three waiver ad of the week, and this is all pretty contingent on the running back still not being healthy in Seattle. That's DJ Dallas. He had two touchdowns this past week against those 49ers. He looked pretty good in the limited action that he had. So I actually like DJ Dallas as a guy you could start right away for uh, for Seattle. I know they're going up to Buffalo, but Buff- the Buffalo Bills defense has struggled a little bit this year. And that's something to definitely look out for, that this Bills defense may not be the fantasy monster that we expected them to be. So it definitely is something to, uh, to keep an eye out for. Um, my number two waiver ad... I'm actually going for Cam Akers, and I'll give you a reason why. Darrell Henderson has an injury. They're calling it a thigh injury right now. Even though they're on bye, you would still pick up Cam Akers? I was getting to that, Okay. where I still believe that Cam Akers is worth a stash because we're getting to the point now where we're looking for guys that are league-winning caliber players. And I think Cam Akers 
has that potential. Much, much of the same as Jake believes with J.K. Dobbins, who if he's available on your waiver wire, please go pick him up because I think he really can be a guy that wins people leagues. I think I'm agreeing with Jake on that one. I think much of the same can be said for Cam Akers, where if you've been holding on to Cam Akers and you've been waiting for an opportunity where Cam Akers can become at least the 1B to the 1A Malcolm Brown in this offense without Darrell Henderson, if he is out week to week, this could be an opportunity now for Cam Akers. Like Adam said, however, there is a buy for the Rams this week. So if you want to go and add Cam Akers, I personally would. But if you can't afford it for this week because there are other things that you need to go and play with to help your team and potentially win this week, then I understand it. And yes, you have to go prioritize those winning pieces over a piece that's more of a long-term play. And then my number one waiver wire out of the week, before you um, go into that, Bert, sure. Uh, one note on DJ Dallas and Carlo and the Seahawks running backs. Sure. It, lo- it looks like Carlos Hyde might not be playing either next week in Buffalo. So that's good news for DJ Dallas. That is good news for DJ Dallas. That is really, really, really good news for DJ Dallas. Wow. Um, and then my number one waiver wire out of the week. Um, I would be putting J.K. Dobbins here uh, just because of, you know, what he did on Sunday, but he is owned in about 58.2% of fantasy league, so he does not qualify. So I'm actually going to go for the other Baltimore Ravens running back here, and I'm actually going to go for Gus Edwards. 16 carries on Sunday for 87 yards and a touchdown. He looked pretty good, 5.4 yards per carry. Has an okay matchup this week against the Indianapolis Colts, but then I'm looking at his schedule the next two weeks. If there is no Mark Ingram at New England, who they have bled points to running backs this year, and at home to the Tennessee Titans. So, yeah, I believe that whomever the guy is going to be for the Ravens offense at running back is going to be a good start. I think both of them, Edwards and Dobbins, could be high-end flexes going forward without Mark Ingram there. I think if you own are going to own either one of them, if you could pick up Dobbins, if you could pick up Edwards, you're really hoping that Ingram just stays out. So that way these two kids can have an opportunity to uh, really uh, give this thing a go and prove that they can really hold down this backfield without Mark Ingram there. Yeah. The interesting thing about both JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards, their schedule leading from the last week of the regular season to the playoffs is, is exciting. It's very exciting. It's delightful. Yeah, it really is so nice. Week 13, uh, I guess it's a Thursday night game against Dallas. And then at Cleveland, home against Jacksonville. And then for your championships, home against the Giants. Wow. That's that's delightful. Yep. And if you play week 17 championships, then they go to Cincinnati. They're on to Cincinnati. They're on to Cincinnati. That's correct. That's exactly right. They're That's on to really Cincinnati. That's really nice. That's really nice. Yeah. So Gus Edwards would be number one for waiver wire for this week and for rest of season as well. I think they're both very good ads. Yeah. I think it might also be worth looking at Zach Moss also. Michael Pirine is still there, is still at like 49% owned as well. Uh, your son is 21.9% owned, actually. Carry on, Carry Johnson. On? Yeah. 
Great guy. Love him. Uh, Damien Harris as well. Play on Monday. So what's the yeah. what's the ownership percentage on uh, on Zach Moss? Do you have that off the top of your head? Um, I don't need to have it off the top of my head because I'm right here. It's forty two point six. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Oh wow. All right. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't. I wouldn't put him in my top three, but oh yeah, yeah. He's definitely worth an ad. Oh yeah. yeah. If he's available, yeah, go. Go put in a claim for, for Zach Moss, especially if you own Devin Singletary. And then Damian Harris is owned in 45.3% of leagues. Yeah, Damian, Damian Harris. Damian Harris is not one that I'm considering. I'm just I'm just saying. I just know. in case you were questioning any of my other any of my other choices, I was just I just want to cover gotcha. my bases here. Gotcha. All right. So wide receivers. So many receivers on the inj- uh, on the injury report. Uh looks like Kenny Galladay is gonna be out again next week could be going on IR which is not ideal no that's not ideal at all um so yeah who are your top ads for this week as far as receivers are concerned so I actually have a few that um could really definitely contribute for teams that are going down the stretch we have three minutes as well until the trade deadline I want to do uh, one last update before I go into this, just because there is a certain caveat to uh, to something here. There is a trade Ooh. that did go down that is a little interesting. The Dolphins are trading for Chiefs running back DeAndre Washington. So that's another running back that is going to Miami. Doesn't he and, do kind of what Miles Gaskin does? We'll just add another name to that backfield. You know, four guys now. Um, so the caveat here, if Will Fuller is not on the Green Bay Packers in the next 120 seconds, Alan Lazard is my number three. Sterling Shepard is my number two. He just meets the threshold right at 50%. And then my number one waiver ad for the receiver position is Jalen Rieger. First, before, so before we do that. Sure. Some running back news. Uh, I think you might want to put Jermichael Hasty somewhere on that list. Because guess who's not going to be playing on Thursday? Evan Coleman? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm not surprised. And Jimmy G and George Kittle are both going on IR. So yikes! George Kittle looks like he might be out for the season, but we're we'll talk about that for I for when we talk about tight ends. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah, Jermichael Hasty is another ad that you could absolutely go for the running backs now. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, for the receivers, it is Alan Lazard three, Sterling Shepard two, Jalen Rieger one. I actually love Jalen Rieger for the rest of the season you look at his schedule he had a great game against the cowboys he did have a really really nice game against the cowboys but i'm looking at his schedule the rest of the way and it is just delicious oh my by week nine at the giants at cleveland at home versus seattle at Green Bay, at home versus New Orleans, at Arizona, at Dallas. There is only one team out of those that are top five 
in terms of pass defense, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. So every other matchup that he has, he is going against teams that struggle in pass defense. So Jalen Rieger, for me, that is like five-star as five-star schedules get for the rest of the season. For me personally, I mean, that is just outstanding for him. And I would be going and picking him up, especially if you have questions about somebody like Amari Cooper, if you are now without Kenny Galladay and you're looking for a replacement there, he is a guy that you could go and pick up right now and probably not have much competition for, given that the Eagles are on a bye this week. Yeah. Uh, anybody else here? Um, I can go have a uh, a quick glance and see uh, see if there's anybody else here that is particularly intriguing. Um, I would say LaVisca Chenault is on your waiver wire. Definitely go pick him up. Uh, unfortunately, we can't talk about Corey Davis anymore since he is over the 52, the 50% threshold at 52.4% on. So I was going to mention it, but thank God that you did. That is very, very unfortunate that we cannot talk about Corey Davis anymore. It's about time that people are picking him up and owning him. The future number one receiver for the Jets is on waivers. It's Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Future Pro Bowl receiver. Sure. Uh, Golden Tate, I think, as well, could be an interesting ad scored in two straight weeks. Uh, That could be something that you try and uh, go for there. Pending, of course, he's still on the Giants, but it is after 4 o'clock, so we are waiting for for deals to roll in if there are any. Um, And I would continue to monitor, actually, Des Bryant. So I think that that's one as well. Ian Rappaport just tweeted this 30 seconds ago. Will Fuller will not be traded. The Texans and and Packers could not agree on value. There you go. That was the tweet. All right. So Alan Lazard is uh, still number three uh, waiver wire ad of the week. So there you go. Uh, Anybody on the Lions? Um, I think Marvin Jones is past our threshold. Yeah, Marvin Jones is past the threshold. Otherwise, I would have put him in. Uh, I would continue to monitor Marvin Hall because it looks like that he's continuing to get some looks as well. And then, of course, Danny Amendola. You have to uh, put him in the, into this conversation as well. Yeah, he's a, he's had a pretty solid season, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Tight ends. This one also is kind of interesting where you have uh, you have players where you, you have injuries, you have performance issues. So... This is this is something that's worth monitoring. Um, who are your top three ads for tight end? Yeah, tight end is a pretty big position this week to try and fill, given the injury to George Kittle. And there are going to be a lot of questions about uh, who are guys that you can go and pick up right away. So let's just get right into it then. So at my number three ad of the week, I am going for Trey Burton, who I believe is really look like is turning into the number one tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, so I think that is a pretty good ad there. Number two, I am going for Jordan Reed of the San Francisco 49ers, the obvious replacement. I will step in right away for an injured George Kittle. And my number one waiver wire ad of the week, he's still under 50% owned. I don't know why given his strength of schedule the rest of the way is fantastic. And he is a guy that should be added pretty much everywhere. And that is Pittsburgh Steelers tight end, Eric. Ebron. 
Yep. No, wait, what are you talking about? I'm looking at my, uh, I'm looking at the waivers and free agency right now. He's owning 61.6% of leagues. Very interesting. Cause the, what I'm looking at right now, it says he's on 48. That's very strange. That's very, very interesting. So, all right. If Have we're going to say refreshing. If, yeah. If we're going to say that Eric Ebron does not qualify, I would say Dalton Schultz is, okay. uh, is in this conversation as well. And I would also be looking at Ross Dwelly, the other San Francisco 49ers tight end. Well, yes. If uh, Jordan Reed will not, is not activated on Thursday, then definitely look at uh, Ross Dwelly. But I yes. think that he, I think that he will. Yeah, everything that I've heard says that Jordan Reed should be should be good to go. But we are talking about Jordan Reed. Yes, that that is very true. That's very very true. Um, yeah. What about? Mm, actually, never mind. I was gonna talk. I was gonna mention Harrison Bryant, but I don't think I think Austin Hooper is probably gonna be back uh, in two weeks from the appendicitis or yeah. getting his appendix removed. So, yeah, I think, I think Austin Hooper will probably, probably be back in, in a couple of weeks. Yes, I agree. So let's move on to the defenses. The defenses are, this is very interesting. This one, I think you want to go just overall to start. Sure. Your overall defenses, please. I wonder who, I wonder who the first one's going to be. <laughs> you really, you really want to ask me that question, Adam? Well, I guess it only depends. It depends on if you're going in ascending or descending order, which what the first one's going to be. If you really, if you really want to ask me that question, that that really is not a question. I think you want to be asking me in terms of uh, who the number one defense is for me this week. I mean, this actually is a pretty decent week, I think, to be streaming defenses. Um, there are a couple on waiver wires that I believe are definite worthwhile ads. Um, but we'll start with the overall defensive ranks, and then we'll talk about guys and units that are on waivers that we can go and pick up to potentially start this week. So my top three plays of the week, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at number one going up against, of course, Dallas, who looks like it'll be Cooper Rush. That'll be starting for the Cowboys. My number two defense of the week is the New England Patriots going up against the New York Jets on Monday Night Football. Number three is the Baltimore Ravens going up against the Indianapolis Colts and some other defenses that I think are really, really, really good ads. Uh, The one that I think everybody should be definitely having a look at is the Houston Texans with no Gardner Minshew. Jake Luton, a sixth round rookie out of Oregon State, is going to be the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. So a rookie going into his first NFL start, it's never good news. So I think the Houston Texans are very, very good at, and I'm struggling to keep them out of my top three for the week, despite how bad the Texans defense has been. This is still a rookie quarterback who is a sixth round pick. So I really believe the Texans could be in for a big, big game. Uh, The Cardinals, if they're available against Miami, I think that's a good play there. Uh, The Packers is like a, B minus play against San Francisco. I had them as a top 10 option. What about the football uh, team? I think either, either defense in that game is, is a good play, whether it's the giants like the or whether it's, or whether it's, or whether it's the football team. Yeah. I think either, either defense is a good play there. That, I mean, that Washington team has an underrated, underrated, a sneaky, good pass rush. Uh, their, their defensive line is one of the best defensive lines of football. Yeah. It, it is like a perfect Ron Rivera team where they have a really good defensive line. It's perfect. Yep. 
exactly. I mean, they have two pro bowlers at both end spots. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But if we just look at the ownership for a second, I just want to see uh, what defenses are available that people can go and pick up that are, of course, under 50%. Washington, very much available, 23.3. Uh, the Texans, 2.8. That That's going to shoot up. No yeah. doubt about that. Uh, the Cardinals, 18.8. They're available. Giants defense, 16.6. They're available. Titans defense against Chicago. They are available at 38.8% owned. The Packers defense, they're available to 19.1 against San Francisco. So there are plenty of options this week that I think owners can go and if they're streaming defenses, they can go and pick up for uh, for this week. And I think it's a, it is a very healthy streaming environment this week for defenses. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. All right. So let's preview Thursday night's game between the Packers and the 49ers. Another one of those Aaron Rodgers revengeance games. Uh, let's talk about, let's start talking about the quarterbacks. And it's basically going to be Nick Mullins and Aaron Rodgers because Jimmy G is on IR, of course. And um, it's going to be Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, it was kind of in, encouraging his performance against the, uh, against the Seahawks, getting a, a touchdown in garbage time to Ross Dwelly, but honestly, I think Aaron, I mean, I'll be in this game. I'm not, I wouldn't be starting him anyway. No, no, I wouldn't. I would not be looking at Nick Mullins unless you're in a two QB or a deep league. I would say in the start meter he's probably around a four uh, in that instance. If you're not in a two QB or a deep league, he's got to be a zero. If you're Aaron, if you're an Aaron Rodgers owner, I think it just depends on who you have. It, because you probably have a backup with Aaron Rodgers. So I think it just depends on who you have that's there. So I guess this is an opportunity, Adam, where we can go do some comparison shopping. I guess we can do some comparison shopping. Yeah, because it, I mean, it really depends on who else you have at the at the position. If Aaron Rodgers is your only quarterback, then yeah, you start Aaron Rodgers. But if you have somebody else, like I have Aaron Rodgers and I have Ben Roethlisberger. Of course, I am starting Ben Roethlisberger. It's interesting. I have Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan. Who would you rather start in that matchup? Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan? I would yeah. rather start Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. So Aaron Rodgers is the sixth ranked quarterback, according to these fantasy pro rankings. Interesting. Uh, around Josh Allen. Is fifth, uh, Aaron Rodgers is six, Lamar Jackson seven, Justin Herbert is eight, Tom Brady is nine, and Big Ben is ten. Interesting. I have I have Aaron Rodgers at eight, and I have Ben Roth I have Ben Roethlisberger at seven. I have Herbert below both of them. I have Lamar Jackson higher than both of them. Okay, so that's kind of the general area of of where we have here. I think that, I mean, last week would have been a good week to pick up Justin Herbert. Just because he's a great, he'll be a, a great start, a great thing to have in yeah. this game to have a as a fallback plan. Um, but yeah, of, of course you're you're starting Big Ben against uh, against Dallas this week. If you if you're in a situation like like you are, where you have Aaron Rodgers and Big Ben, there's no doubt you're starting Big Ben just because of the yeah. of the fantasy upside. 
yeah, I think the real interesting one that I, I'm not sure what I would do in this situation, believe it or not, is Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady on Sunday night, Aaron Rodgers on Thursday. I think I would actually rather play Rodgers, but it's really close. It's really close. And I'm flip-flopping on that because I think Tom Brady's looked terrific. Aaron Rodgers looked terrific too, but I think it's, you know, you're out, you're weighing, do you want to have a, a key player going on Thursday night versus do you want to have a guy going on Sunday if you have that dilemma? And I think I would rather have potentially last licks on Sunday with Brady. You know, I agree with you. I think if they were both playing on Sunday at one o'clock, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. I agree with you. But in this, in this scenario, you don't want to fuck yourself over early. Right. If God forbid Aaron Rodgers has a bad game. Correct. Correct. So yeah, I I think I would rather start Brady than over Rodgers. Yeah. But it's close. It's, it's really close. Um. If you go further down, you have Ryan Tannehill going up against the Bears, uh, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Cam Newton, Derek Carr. Would you be considering any of those other quarterbacks that are probably that people have as backups? No. Okay. No. And then for the running backs, we kind of talked about, of course, Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams for the Packers. Yep. And now it's going to be. Michael Hasty, almost exclusively for the 49ers. I mean, are you even t- are you touching the running backs in this in this matchup? Uh, no, I don't want to. Uh, obviously, if you are in a bit of a bind, then you don't have much of a choice. But I would prefer to stay away from the running backs in this matchup if you can. Yep. I was looking at so for the on Twitter they were saying talking about the uh, close contacts of Marlon Humphrey that have tested positive or no well Marlon Humphrey tested positive but the the Ravens seven close contacts are Matthew Judon, Patrick Queen, Deshaun Elliott, L.J. Fort, Malik Harrison, Terrell Bonds, and Tyus Bowser. Basically the entire defense. Well, the entire linebacking core. Right. That is, yeah, and then a safety and a corner. Oh, which is kind of funny because Marlon Humphrey plays corner. Why would the all the linebackers be quarantined, considering his would be his close contacts, and only one corner? They were together on the sideline potentially. I guess that's a possibility. Yeah. So I mean, the Ravens could could potentially be uh, shorthanded going up against Indianapolis, but I don't think. Yeah. I think it's they're still good play regardless. Going yeah, up against yeah I, still, I still think they're a fine play. Because Philip Rivers is bound to throw an interception or two. That's just what he does. True. This is Philip Rivers we are talking about. Yeah. And then for the receivers, I mean, you got Devontae Adams. You're starting Devontae Adams. Yep. And I think you're also starting Brandon Ayuk as well. Yeah. Well, with Debo Samuel going to be out in this game, you got you got to be looking in the direction of, of Brandon Ayuk. And if Jordan Reed gets activated off of IR, then you got to be looking at Jordan Reed as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that we should be expecting points in this game. I don't know if it's going to be a competitive amount of points, but it, it, there'll be points scored for sure. Yeah. The over under for this game is 50, 50. Uh, that's a good line. That's a good line. 50. 
Are you taking the over or the under? I think I'm taking the under. Yeah. I'm taking the under, but it's close. I mean, these these are two very good defenses, though. Let's be let's be real here. So I think I don't think it's gonna be too much of a blowout. But yeah. I think it'll be I think it'll be competitive, but you know, I think at the end of the day we're talking about a Packers win by ten or more points. Oh yeah. Well, I mean it's Aaron Rodgers going up against going up against Nick Mullins. So right. You got that. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast, the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, and the Quizitational and the Debate, all on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Amazon. Please listen to all of our episodes. Tell us what you think. Leave a five-star review. Leave a like. All that stuff. Whatever you can do on the platform that you're listening, please do so. We appreciate any and all feedback. And we'll talk to you on Friday where we will be talking about this Thursday night game and then previewing all of Sunday's action. And for my co-host Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castro. We will talk to you next time on Facebook Podcast. Bye-bye.